Chapter 20 of The Boy Scouts on Sturgeon Island. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Boy Scouts on Sturgeon Island by Herbert Carter. Hold the Fort. As a rule, it did not take these boys long to decide upon their course of action and in the present instance they had so little choice that unusually prompt results might be expected. "'We'd better tell the other fellows, to begin with,' ventured Alan. "'Yes,' remarked the scoutmaster promptly. "'It wouldn't be fair to keep things like this from the boys. They're just as much interested in how it turns out as we are. And besides, we may get a bright idea from somebody.' "'You never can tell,' added Alan and some of those same other scouts might not have felt complimented could they have heard him say these words, as they seemed to imply that miracles did sometimes happen when you were least expecting them. But having made up their minds on this score, the pair walked over to the camp under that friendly ledge. Upon their arrival, every eye was immediately glued upon Thad. It seemed as though Giraffe, Bumpus, Davy, and Stephen must have guessed that the scoutmaster had made some sort of exciting discovery, and now meant to take them into his confidence. Complete silence greeted the arrival of the two who had been conferring so mysteriously nearby. Of course, once Thad broke the ice and started to tell what he had discovered, this was apt to give way to a bombardment of questions, for Giraffe and Bumpus could think up the greatest lot of wants imaginable so that it would keep Thad busy explaining until their ammunition ran out or he had to throw up his hands in surrender through sheer exhaustion. He started in to explain what he had seen and done as soon as he dropped down beside his comrades of the Silver Fox Patrol. Immediately, he had the attention of everyone enlisted. Bumpus sat there, watching and listening with such intentness that you would hardly believe he breathed at all. Step Hen, too was following every word spoken by the scoutmaster, as though trying to grasp the seriousness of the situation and figure out a way to circumvent the danger that had arisen so unexpectedly in their path. And the other two could not be said to be far behind in the interest they betrayed. As we have already heard Thad tell Alan about his first seeing the man who was spying upon the camp, and later on how he came to find the hidden boat, as well as the concealed cabin, there is no necessity for us to follow the scoutmaster while he imparts this information to the quartet, who, having been absent from that interview, had no previous knowledge of the facts. By the time he spoke of crawling silently away and coming back to join the balance of the patrol, he had his chums worked up to a feverish pitch of excitement. Well, Step Hen was the first to break in with. Anyhow, game fish poachers aren't quite so bad as smugglers would have been. And that's one satisfaction, I take it. But they're bad enough, urged Davy, because they must be breaking the laws by taking fish in some way that ain't allowed. And if trapped, they stand a chance to face a heavy fine or a long sentence in jail, perhaps both. And if, as Thad says, they've got the silly idea in their heads that we're connected with the Canadian militia and came here meaning to destroy their nests and likewise haul the men over the coals, why, they'll either skedaddle and leave us marooned on old sturgeon for keeps, or else do something worse. 
What sort of worse, Davy? demanded Bumpus. There you go again, saying things in a sort of half-cooked way, and leaving the rest to a fellow's wild imagination. Do you mean you believe they'd really hurt us, when we ain't so much as lifted a finger to do the bunch any harm? Speak out and tell us now, you old croaker. Thad, what do you think they might do? Davy asked, under the impression that he would be wise to leave the explanation of the matter to one who was more capable of handling it than he could possibly be. If they were sensible men, remarked the other, deliberately, as though he had given that particular thought much attention, I wouldn't be afraid, because then we could reason with them and explain that we were only a party of the Boy Scouts of America, off on a little cruise, and shipwrecked in the storm. Also, that if they helped us in any way, we'd just forget that we'd ever seen them here. But explain and tell us what you mean by hinting that they mightn't be sensible men, remarked Step Hen. Oh, well, that was my way of putting it, Thad went on to say. I meant that, as near as I could guess, they seemed to be Canadian half-breeds, for some of their talk was in a French patois I couldn't just understand. And I've always heard that those kind of men are mighty hard to handle, because, like Italians, they get furiously excited and let their imaginations run away with them, like some other fellows I happen to know. Did you say there were there only three of this bad crowd, Thad? Giraffe asked. I wouldn't like to say for sure, came the reply, but as near as I could make out, that would cover the bill. Huh, and we count six, all told, continued the tall scout, indifferently, although Thad imagined he was not feeling so comfortable as he pretended to be. Yes, six boys, the scoutmaster reminded him. But husky boys in the bargain, and accustomed to taking care of themselves in tight places, Giraffe went on to remark, proudly. Besides, ain't we got a gun that shoots twice? That ought to account for a couple of the rascals. And then what would one poor fish poacher be against half a dozen lively fellows? Tell me that. Alan laughed at hearing the boast. How easy it is to figure out who's going to win the next championship in the National League of Baseball Clubs while you're sitting around the stove in the wintertime, he told Giraffe. But these paper victories seldom pan out the same way when the good old summertime comes along and the boys get hustling. I suppose now, Giraffe, you'll be the one to knock over those two men, each with a single shot from your faithful double barrel. Give him the gun, Step Hen, and let him start in right away. Of course, that rather startled the tall scout. Hold on there. Don't be in such a big hurry, he went on to say, holding up a hand to persuade Step Hen to keep the firearm a while longer. Course now, I didn't exactly mean it that way. I never wanted to shoot a man that I know of. What I had in my mind, I reckon, was that one of us could keep a pair of those rascals covered with the shotgun and hold them steady, while the other five managed the third of the bunch. See? The trouble is, Thad told them, none of us know French, and in that case we mightn't be able to talk with the poachers, even if they gave us half a chance. They seem to have a bad case of the rattles right now, and if it wasn't for the storm I really believe they'd get away from here in a hurry. Do we want him to go or stay? asked Bumpus, as though he could not settle in his own mind which one of these several openings would be best for their interests. For my part, spoke up Step Hen, they couldn't clear out any too soon to make me feel happy. I know what the breed is like, 
and believe me, boys, I don't care to make their acquaintance, not me. That's all mighty fine, Step Hen, remarked Giraffe, loftily, but when you talk that way, you don't look far enough ahead. Just explain that, will you, and tell me why I don't, demanded the other, with some show of indignation. Well, suppose now they did jump the island and give us the merry ha-ha. What difference would it make to us, whether they upset out there on that stormy lake or not? Wouldn't we lose all chance of being ferried across to the mainland, and so making our escape from this measly island? Step Hen apparently caught the force of this reasoning, for he subsided, with a sort of discontented grunt. Davy, however, took up the reasoning at this point. But suppose now they wouldn't want to get out in such a hurry. What if they had a lot of valuable fish nets around somewhere that they hated to let go? Don't you reckon that in that case they might take a notion to try and bag the lot of us, so's to hold us prisoners till they could decide what to do with the ones they took to be government spies? Bumpus groaned as he listened to all this terrible talk. His mind was already on fire with anticipation of what the immediate future might bring forth. Still, on occasion, Bumpus could show considerable valor, and several times in the past, he had astonished his chums by certain feats which he had engineered. It's up to me to think up some way to get us out of this terrible pickle, he was telling himself, over and over again. But even if any one of his five comrades heard what he was saying, they paid little attention to it. But the fat scout meant all he said, as the future proved. One thing sure, Giraffe went on to remark, presently. They know where our little camp is, because Thad saw that spy watching what we were a-doing here. And if so, be they should take a notion to pay us a visit before morning, why, they wouldn't have any trouble finding us out. Not lest we made a move, argued Davy. And we're too nicely fixed here for that, ain't we? Giraffe demanded as he cast a swift look around to where the various blankets, having first been dried in the heat of the fire, were now inviting to repose, each fellow having apparently selected the particular spot where he meant to sleep, let the wind howl as hard as it wished, for that projecting rocky ledge would keep any rain from coming in upon them. That's right, giraffe. You know a good thing when you see it, declared Bumpus who did not altogether fancy starting out to seek another camp where they would have to lie down in the dark and take chances of being caught in a rain if later on such a change in the character of the storm came about. Then, if Thad says the word, we'll stick right here and hold the fort, the tall scout exclaimed. In the words of that immortal Scot we read about, what was his name? Roderick Dew, I think, who cried, Sooner will this rock fly from its firm base than I. Them's our sentiments, ain't they, fellows? Here, here, came from Bumpus, as he snuggled down again contentedly, believing that this disagreeable part of the program at least had been indefinitely postponed, and that they stood a good chance for staying out their time under that friendly protecting ledge. End of chapter 20